Welcome to Mindset U Podcast, your source of mindset education. We aim to provide you with free, valuable education for you to thrive. Enjoy. The road to recovery is finding the sweet spot between progress and doing too much. Let's listen in on how Karen is able to use her wisdom to balance that line. From the physical element, you know, your doctor saying um, your fitness saved your life. What do we know? is you mentioned the muscle mass, right? That being a protected layer. But another aspect of fitness that people may not be aware of is bone density. Bone density mm-hmm. improves drastically under fitness because you're stressing the bones yes. because the muscles are pulling Do you do resistance training? Yes. Like weightlifting, all that stuff? Yes, for mm-hmm. a lot of years, yep. Yeah, so that, that correlates with the, the bone density. And then you also have the cardiovascular blood flow your body's ability to send nutrient-rich blood to an area to heal it like all of these things are are setting you up to be basically (laughs) this machine that stands up three days after (laughs) anti-fragile yeah anti-fragile anti-fragility uh is a book by that name but it Mm. talks about the concept of well you know, we make things, objects that are robust, that are strong, that can handle a lot of damage, right? But the thing is that the damage is they're resisting the damage. If any damage gets through, there's no recovering from that. Well, us as humans, we have a anti-fragility to ourselves in terms of we may not be robust, super tough that we can handle all this. But every time we get hit, we develop a callus, we develop hmm. strength, we develop more power to be able to handle that in the future. Right. So what Moses is saying is like there's all these years of training with developing this anti-fragility where now you get hit with something that should take you entirely out. Like you mentioned, like life or death situation, you could have easily died in this. Yes. But the years of developing that anti-fragility is what brings you to three days from sorry, uh, three days from the accident being able to walk around. I mean, that's that's why I said, like, you take a 35-year-old or 40-year-old who, who doesn't work out and this happens to them, it's highly, I would say it's more probable that they don't walk mm. after this. It was like, just like Rancis says, you, like, you don't rise to that occasion just because you're 35 or 40 years old, you get hit by a car and you're younger, you may have a slightly more ma- muscle mass than a 62-year-old. Yeah. Doesn't mean you're going to come out of it. You fall back to your level of training, like literally what the navy seals do is like you want to be able to take bullets you got to be able to handle the pain that comes with taking bullets so you're at day three okay your your life is turned upside down you're told you just had surgery you're given the hope and that's like hey you're going to be able to walk right you're in massive pain lead us along so that first attempt to walk was pretty tough um like i think i went from my bed i got to the door and i walked a little bit in the hallway and that was it then i had to go back and that was with the assistance of the physical therapist so throughout the course of that day i did a couple of walks which were 
not very far, but I just felt like if I could do it, I wanted to do it. And I couldn't get out of the bed by myself, but they actually showed me if someone's going to help me what to do. So that, that took some energy, too, just mm -hmm. being able to transfer, they call it, from bed to standing. Mm -hmm. um, even, like, going to the bathroom by myself, that was a big, a big deal. So I, I continued to use the walker. Um, I think physical therapy came back the next day, and I said... I, I told her I did like three walks, you know, each time to the nursing station and back. And then she said, all right, let's try to go like around um, the whole circle of the floor in the hospital. And I said, okay. And I did that. And she was like, you know, you're doing great. Of course, to me, this felt very, I just never pictured myself to be in any situation even close to this. So I, I felt very sad and broken that that's the level I was at. But I just told myself I have to keep going. And they actually considered um, or offered me to go to an inpatient rehab, which I definitely was not doing. So what is what is an inpatient rehab? Um, so if you're not able to take care of yourself after major surgery, sometimes they, they, they'll send you to a place where you're going to get physical therapy. It's basically kind of like being in a hospital, but you're not, there's not doctors there. So oh. it, it would be uh, a place where somebody would be supervising me and I would get meals and I could be you know, having a little bit of attention in terms of just getting my physical mobility back. Mm -hmm. But it was also, it, it was never an option for me. I just didn't. Why not? Uh, What's your resistance to that? Every level of resistance. First of all, it was COVID. I pictured myself in one of those places. And I was like, I cannot go there. I just think it's for people that have no other options or like really old people. And I just didn't think that I was going to benefit from it. So I was like, no. I'm not mm -hmm. doing that. Anyway, bottom line is three more days in the hospital. I walked more. Then they also showed me how to use a cane. And I was discharged because at some point I didn't need to be in the hospital anymore. So I actually, um, my sister came to help me. She doesn't live around here, but... She stayed with me for a couple days and still tremendous pain, but um, each day I was getting a tiny bit better. Mm -hmm. And one of the main issues for me was I could really not sleep because pain and just getting into bed or out of bed was very, very tough. So I, I got a... Uh, I think it's called a hospital chair, like a, a reclining chair with a motor that that way I could sort of sleep. And then if I needed to get up, there's a thing that would like push me. And that was my best friend for a couple of weeks. Mm -hmm. And were you, 
Where is your sister staying with you? Or were you alone? Yeah, she stayed with me. Okay. For probably like another week. Hmm. Maybe less than a week, and then I want to go away. <laughs> <laughs> you wanted your... I wanted my space. Your independence. Yes. Right? Yes. But without her help in the beginning, I would not... I don't know what I would have done. Mm-hmm. The whole time, like, you're telling the story, there's always, like, these points of, of resistance that you have of the process, right? Where, so the beginning is, like... Can I go home now? Like right after mm. the accident, right? There's uh, the, okay, you can walk Karen after the surgery and Karen takes that to the next level and she gets up throughout the first day multiple times. We're going to send you to, to this like rehab place and mm. Karen's like, no, you get home. All right, sister, thank you for the help. I'm good. Right, so like, tell me about that spirit there because I feel like that has a lot to do, and it kind of sets the pace of like everything that we we personally experience watching you recover from all of this. But like, there's there's a lot of a uh, uh, kind of drive there. So tell me about that. You're calling me out. <laughs> <laughs> it's so true. I'm not so aware of it when you pointed out then I'm like yes that's true I think I just in a quiet way I'm a fiercely independent person I don't I have a really hard time asking for help and receiving help it mm -hmm. makes me I don't know just something about that that feels very uncomfortable and I don't want to need help I don't want to rely on other people um, now you're getting into my stuff. Mm -hmm. But in this particular part of my life, I think that it's helpful. It's helped me because it... Yeah, that's what I was about to ask you. Like, where did that backfire? Where did that start to backfire? No, it, it backfires in other parts of my life, in, in relationships. We're not talking about that. But in this particular chapter of my life, which is still being written, mm -hmm. it's been really helpful so i've i am able to channel my energy and do what i have to do and when i most clearly needed help i was able to accept it for a limited time um i have to say i was very happy with myself that i did not i actually followed the surgeon's recommendations in terms of the healing process because really out of fear mm -hmm. because he was very conservative in um, when he allowed or gave me permission to little by little go back to more of the activities that I have always done. You know, I kept pushing and he said, no, no, not yet, not yet, not yet. And then when I finally said, you know, why? And he said, because the hardware that I installed could come loose and then you would need to have another surgery. So I was like, okay, no, I don't want to have another surgery. So I'm really going to follow your recommendations because I was really, I just wanted to get back on a bike indoors. And he kept telling me I wasn't ready to do it. Mm -hmm. So I was cleared in little increments to do more, I kept trying to push it. Like if he said three months, I was like, okay, three weeks. And then I was like, no, just don't do it. 
Sure. So have a have a connection back to what you were talking about, like as a therapist, right? Giving homework to people to do these things. And now you're in the seat of receiving homework. Like you because in a sense, like your your surgeon is removing the block saying, I'll allow you to start doing this. But it's really like it's the homework that is helping you heal. Right. So allowing you to, for example, I think the first thing was like to walk. Yes. Right. You had to walk in order to help the healing. For most people, it's like you need it would be like you need to start walking now. Right. To help the healing process. In your case, it was like more like, okay, we'll let you start walking now. Yes. (laughs) But I think that's that's a huge point to that, like that homework aspect, like how holistic healing really is. In the process and we're talking about just the physical aspect right now yes but that impact of doing those things and you you've shared with me and sure you'd like to share kind of the details of like what you were doing during that time physically and when when he would allow you like for example to start lifting some weights and things like that so you started walking yes right how much were you walking to begin with um you know in the very first couple of days when I was home, it was really little. Mm-hmm. I just walking around the house. I no, I would go outside a little bit. It was also summertime, and I just felt like I needed to be outside. But I could walk like less than a block. I remember I tried to walk to a neighbor's house, and maybe a full block. And I got there, and I was like, I knew that I couldn't walk back because I was in excruciating pain. I started slow, but I I would go out within, let's say, a week or two. I was walking multiple times during the day and um, building slowly um, to a couple of miles a day at whatever pace I could walk. But I just, like, that was was my homework, and that's what I focused on. Mm -hmm. I couldn't go out for, like, two hours, but I would break it up, you know, 15 minutes, come back. An hour later, another 15 minutes, come back. So that was really like the focus of my day. That's what I could do. Mm-hmm. That's all that I was cleared to do. Yeah. And that lasted how long? Walking only. Um, I think so, July, August, September. Two to three months. Okay. Two to three months only walking. Was that hard? Like You mentioned like you would argue with your surgeon about wanting to do more. Um, but then again, you also mentioned how the pain will show up and be like, hey, you're doing too much. Yeah, no, I, I paid attention to that, and it wasn't really hard. I mean, again, in in the first couple of days, yes. But as things began to heal, it wasn't really hard. I mean, I, I was mostly walking on flat roads. I wasn't trying hills for quite a while, but um wasn't that difficult. I wanted to go kind of back to that resistance because you said that, uh, like, it helped you. And when you first started talking about it, like, impatient, I was like, I didn't know that part of your story. And you said, no, I'm not going there. I was like, yeah, fuck yeah. Like, (laughs) you shouldn't go there. And it brings me back to a story that I have with one of my coworkers. She just, she was diagnosed with leukemia, Um, the, the blood disease. And uh, when she found out, she was like, okay, 
let's do this. And one of the things that she told me was like, when you go into the process of like trying to recover from leukemia, they have this like 150 page document of all the crap that can happen to you. And you're supposed to read it and sign this whole thing. And she started reading and told, talked about all the side effects and all these things. And she was like, you know what? I'm not going to put this shit into my head. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to sign it and do it because that's what I know I have to do. And she went through it. And now she's fully recovered. But she was just like, the power of the mind after that experience was like what she took out of it. It was like she did not allow any of those negative experience, anything that would change her environment. Mm-hmm. She didn't allow people that she knew would come in here and give her sympathy. She was like, no, I have to be strong in this moment and I need to bring the people in my life and the resources in my life that are going to get me through. Mm-hmm. So they were trying to send her to like inpatient. She was like, no, I want to be with my daughter because I know my daughter is going to help me through. Mm-hmm. I want to be with this doctor because I know this doctor is going to help me through. Mm-hmm. So when I think about your story, I'm thinking about like, yeah, like that is important that like uh, I guess resilient mindset in that moment is like no I'm not going to allow any of these things in there because you already have enough that you're dealing with so true Mo and I'm glad you're bringing that up because I have so many times I realized that I got I don't know luck is the right word but that I was very fortunate and I had and I have a lot of gratitude for the people that have been there for me and helped me heal and you guys are part of that I just never was having to be on the receiving end of help and I mean like I said the neurosurgeon I think was really is an awesome person but I also um was able to be treated by a really good acupuncturist, and I still continue to work with a physical therapist that I think has helped me tremendously. And it's it's knowing that I could rely on people if I need them, and I'll do whatever it takes, but I, I recognize that I needed the support, but I also recognize if there were negative people, like, I can't afford that right now. So that, that's been actually like a life-changing thing for me. What does your health, love life, spirituality, career, finances all have in common? Your mindset. Mindset is the source of creating change. To learn how to install these and other life-transforming concepts, browse through our free collection of courses at vtheproject.com.